Welcome, welcome to our Sunday worship experience online. This is Pastor Brian from Chapel of Change, and it is a joy to connect with you in worship and prayer, and now the study of God's Word. By the way, happy Palm Sunday. Uh, this is the day that Jesus entered uh, into Jerusalem. Uh, today, as we started last week, we are making our way toward uh, the Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that great and victorious day. Uh, but we must first reflect upon the cross. Remember I shared last week that we can't rush to the resurrection. We must go through the cross because if you rush the cross, you won't appreciate the resurrection. So last week we taught on the testimony of the cross. Today, we're going to teach on the tension of the cross, the tension of the cross. Sinners don't understand the cross because if they did, they'll run to it. And some saints don't appreciate the cross or apply the cross to their life because if they did, they would live differently. Let me say that again. Sinners don't understand the cross because if they did, they'll run to it. Some saints don't apply the cross to their lives because if they did, they would live differently. My prayer is that we gain a deeper understanding of the cross and apply it to our lives so that we can live in greater degrees of freedom. Someone say freedom, right? Freedom is a powerful thing. Jesus secured our freedom on the cross. The freedom to live in peace. The freedom to live in power. The freedom to live in purpose. In fact, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of of slavery. Freedom! Freedom. Now, we're going to study more today on the cross. The cross. And I want to remind you that the cross uh, is the term that contains all that Jesus suffered and accomplished for us on the cross to set us free. So when you hear that, that word or that term, that phrase, the cross, that, that term, the cross, uh, contains all that Jesus suffered and all that he accomplished on the cross to set us free. The cross is a historical event and a powerful truth to walk in. That's what the cross is. It's a historical event and a powerful truth to walk in. The historical event speaks of all that Jesus suffered in his uh, crucifixion. We talked about the crucifixion last week. What is the crucifixion? Let me remind you that the Roman Empire was the dominant nation during the days of Jesus, and the Roman Empire chose crucifixion as their means of capital punishment with criminals, and it was the most excruciating instrument of torture and death. In fact, the word excruciating has at its root cross because the cross is the standard or defines what is, ex is excruciating. 
So the Roman Empire, through the crucifixion, would torture you and humiliate you, and then they would parade you down the street as you carried the crossbeam of your cross in front of everybody, and then they would hang you up high on the cross in humiliation for all to see. That was the crucifixion. And the reason why they lifted you up high on the cross was to make a, a, a statement. Uh, you want to be somebody? You want to be high and lifted up? We'll, we'll show you what it means to be high and lifted up and we're going to hang you high on the cross in humiliation. So the cross is a historical event and a powerful truth to walk in. It's a powerful truth to walk in. The truth of the cross uh, is that it is the place of divine accomplishment. The cross is the place of divine accomplishment. At the cross, Jesus accomplished for us all we need for life and godliness. The truth of the cross should affect the way we live in this world. The truth of the cross should affect the way that we live in this world. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Jesus is not referring to a literal cross when he says, take up your cross daily and follow me, but he's referring to applying the truth of the cross to our lives in a daily way. Applying the truth of the cross to our lives in a daily way. We are to allow the truth of the cross to affect our lives daily. We are allow the truth of the cross to affect our lives daily. We are to live in the truth of the cross. We are, we are to apply the truth of the cross to our lives. And I want to speak about that today. I want to give you some revelation and understanding on how to apply the truth of the cross to our lives. Now, let's turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 through 19. Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 19. I hope you got your Bibles. Every time we gather online, uh, we want to gather to study God's Word. And I, it is a joy for me to be able to teach you and break down the Word of God uh, for you. Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 through 15. Apostle Paul writes this letter to the churches in Galatia, and the church was under heavy attack from the inside during this time. False believers were trying to change the message of our sufficiency in the cross of Jesus Christ. They were actually teaching a uh, false doctrine that said what Jesus did on the cross was not uh, enough to save us. And that's a false doctrine that Paul had to correct. And in correcting that false doctrine, he teaches us a powerful truth of the cross that I want to break down today. So Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 15, it reads like this. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hands. As many as desire to make a good show in the flesh, these uh, would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of, the, of Christ. 
For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, get this, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Now I want to break down something for our study uh, this morning. And the big idea that I want to lay at your feet is that the cross demands a new relation to the world. The cross demands a new relation to the world. Now notice in verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now the word world there in that verse is not the physical world. He's not referring to the physical world, but the godless ways of the world. The, the godless ways the, or the, the pleasures of the world. Now when you study this, this word world as it relates to the godless ways of the world, uh, the Bible makes bodacious statements against the world. For example, in James 4.14, it says, If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Wow, what a powerful, bodacious statement. Now, why does God warn us about the world so tough. Why does he warn us about the world? Well, because the world is the agent of the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness uses the ways of the world, the systems of the world, uh, to do its bidding. Jesus in John chapter 12, verse 31, actually called Satan the prince of the world. And Satan uses the world to distract believers so that ultimately he can defeat believers. He uses the systems of the world, the pleasures of the world, the things of the world to distract believers so that ultimately he can defeat uh, believers. One of the saddest statements of the Apostle Paul is when he mentioned how one of his ministry partners forsook him and the mission of God uh, for the world. In 2 Timothy 4.10, Apostle Paul says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, why does God warn us? about the world so tough. You know why? Because the world tries to kick Jesus out. The world always tries to kick Jesus out. The world don't have a problem with religion, but the world has a problem with Jesus. I remember several years ago, I was invited to do the prayer at the meeting, the board meeting for the LA County uh, supervisors. These are some of the most powerful people uh, in Los Angeles. They're called, they're known as like the four kings and they invited me to say a prayer at their meeting. But as I, as I read the invitation at the very bottom, they said, uh, we invite you to pray, but uh, you can't pray in the name of Jesus. 
Can you believe that? They asked me to pray, but they said, I can't pray in the name of Jesus. Now, of course, I did not accept that invitation, but it's just a lesson that the world always tries to kick out Jesus. Now, Apostle Paul says here in Galatians 6.14, he says, The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What does he mean? What does he mean when he says, the world has been crucified to me? That's a powerful statement, right? It means that the world and its ways are dead to me. The world and its ways are dead to me. I'm not, I'm not going to flow with the world no more. I'm, I, I'm not liking uh, what everyone likes anymore. I'm not liking what everyone else likes anymore. The, the world is dead to me. That's what Apostle Paul is expressing. He expresses something else similar in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Listen to this. I'm going to teach you something radical. The moment that you surrendered your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, a crucifixion happened. The moment you gave your heart to Jesus, the moment you repented from your sins, a crucifixion happened. And guess what? Crucifixion signifies death. It signifies death. Now, we don't die physically. I want to be clear about that. We don't die physically, but we, we die to self and the ways of this world. We die to self and the ways of this world so that, so that we might live for Jesus. I'm going to say that again. We die to self and the ways of this world so that we might live for Jesus. When, when I surrender my life to the Lord Jesus and I begin to live a crucified life with Christ and apply the cross to my life, I'm giving up the rights of my life so that Jesus' life can break through in me. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? When I live a crucified life, I give up the rights to my life so that Jesus' life can break through in me. The reason why many Christians are not experiencing Jesus' life is because they're too busy living their own life, trying to fulfill their own dreams and their own goals. And therefore, they don't allow the life of Christ to be manifested in them. Apostle Paul double downs with this truth in Romans 6, uh, 6. He says, for, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. Speaking of Jesus. See, to live a life crucified with Christ is to make a conscious uh, decision that God's will supersedes my will. To live a crucified life uh, with Christ is to make a conscious decision that God's choice supersedes my choice. Jesus wants A, I want B. When I die to B and choose A, I live a crucified life with Christ and allow the life of Christ to be manifested and break through in my life and around me. That's what it means to die to self. Jesus wants A, I want B. 
I die to B and choose A and thus allow the life and power of Jesus to be manifested in me. This is how the cross applies to us today. Now remember, the cross is a historical event, but it's not just a, a historical event. It is a powerful truth that we are to walk in every single day. This is what it means to pick up your cross daily. Now listen, beloved. Because I want you to experience this. I want you to experience the power of God. I want you to experience the life of Christ. But the life of Christ will only break through in your life to the degree that you live a crucified life. The life of Christ will only break out in your life to the degree you apply the cross to your life in a daily way. And listen, if you don't understand this already, I got news for somebody. Living out Christianity hurts. Living out Christianity hurts. Crucifixion hurts. Jesus died as a pattern for us to follow. Jesus' cross becomes our cross. But again, we don't die physically. We die to the world. We die to self. We choose God's will over our will, and that hurts sometimes. The good news is, the good news is, tension produces transformation. The good news is, tension produces uh, transformation. And did you know, did you know that the cross produces tension in our life? The cross produces tension in our life. That's that whole thing that Apostle Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. In fact, in verse 12, Paul says that there are some aren't picking up their cross because they don't want to be persecuted. They don't want to be singled out. They don't want to be persecuted for their faith. They don't want other people to mock them. They don't want to under, under you know, go the transformation part of salvation. They don't want to experience the tension of the cross. See, many people want the, want the crown, but they don't want the cross. They want the crown, but they don't want the cross. The cross produces tension in our lives. In fact, I would go even deeper if we could talk like family. That if you're not feeling the tension of the cross, then you're not being transformed. If you're not feeling the tension of the cross, then you're not being transformed. Because, as I mentioned to you, tension produces transformation. Tension produces transformation. What is the tension of the cross? What is the tension of the cross? Well... You don't feel right doing what you used to do. That's tension. That's tension. What's the tension of the cross? You don't feel right dressing the way that you used to dress. That's tension. That's the tension of the cross. What is the tension of the cross? You don't feel right cussing anymore. You, you just can't cuss anymore now. Just something inside of you says that's not right. That's not right, right? Because you're saved now. Well, that's the tension of the cross. What is the tension of the cross? Well, you find yourself disagreeing a lot with your family or maybe even your friends because of what they are still doing. That's the tension of the cross. I remember... Years ago, my, uh, one of my Christian brothers 
invited me uh, to a birthday party of his uh, child. And I was excited to go take my little child uh, with me until I learned that he chose as the theme of the birthday party uh, a Katy Perry theme, a Katy Perry theme. For those of you who don't remember, uh, Katy Perry was a pop singer that sung a lot of things that dishonored God. And I was like, wow, how are you going to have, you know, a theme for your child as Katy Perry? You want everybody to dress up like Katy Perry? That didn't set well with me. It caused tension in my heart. And needless to say, I, I did not attend. That's the tension of the cross. The cross produces tension. In fact, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, is a powerful revelation that J Jesus gives. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies uh, will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who, get this, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. The cross produces tension in our lives, in our relationships. But the good news is tension produces transformation. Right? When you, when you embrace that tension, you walk in that tension, it produces transformation. There's tension picking up your cross. There's tension. Are you saying that when I surrender to Jesus, I need to stop getting high? There's tension uh, in the cross. Are you saying when I surrender to Jesus, uh, I need to move out my girlfriend's house? How dare you say that? There's tension in the cross. Are you saying that once I surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, I need to stop smoking weed? How dare you say that? It's, it's legal to do that. There's tension in the cross. Listen, I say this as family. I, I say this for your benefit. If you are not wrestling from time to time with the tension of the cross, then you're not doing this Christianity right. If you're not wrestling from time to time with the tension of the cross, then you're not being transformed. Jesus said, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Cross brings tension in, in our marriages. I remember one time after I got out of prison in 2008, my wife and I went to the movies, and I ain't been to the movies in 16 years, so I was just excited to be at the movies. And to my surprise, when the movie started off, the main character started cussing. He just started cussing, and he wouldn't stop cussing. And my wife told me, she said, I ain't going to sit in, in this. I'm not going to expose myself to this. I'm getting up and leaving. I was like, whoa, she's going to get up and leave. She goes, I'm going to get up and leave. And I said, well, he's going to stop. He's going to stop cussing, right? He's going to stop cussing right now. But the guy never stopped cussing. And you know what my wife did? You know what that sister did? She got up and left me in the movies. So about two minutes later, I acted like I had to use the restroom, and I left too. But that's the tension of the cross. 
transforming us and, and helping us. Listen, to carry your cross means to bear the reproach of Jesus. To carry your cross means to give up my ways for God's ways. To carry the cross means to stand up. Stand up in our godless culture. To stand up against our godless culture. To carry the cross even means to choose Jesus over our friends. I remember oh, after I got out of prison, um, I went, my old friends that I grew up with had a barbecue. They had a barbecue. And um, there was a good handful of people there. And so I decided to go. I decided to go. I'm going to go and say hello and stay for a little bit. And I went to the barbecue and I felt the tension, right? I felt the tension. You got to remember, I'm serving the Lord. I've been serving the Lord. I'm making a stand for the Lord in my daily life. But when I went back to my old friends, I felt tension in the air. And about five minutes after being there, I actually got kicked out. They actually told me that I had to leave. I mean, man, it was, it was pretty crazy. And at first, my pride kind of swelled up, like, what? How, they're going to just kick me out? I mean, I did 16 years, you know, in prison for this group of people. How, how they're just going to kick me out. At first, pride began to swell up in me. But then, but then, I remembered I picked up my cross. I remember, I'm the one that picked up the cross. I remember what Jesus said. He who does not pick up his cross is not, and, uh, is not worthy of me. That I remembered, I remember that is the tension of the cross. And if I picked up the cross, I need to accept the tension of the cross. I need to be able to choose Jesus. God's ways over my ways. God's ways over the world's ways. You know, may we live out, may we live out that old powerful hymn that says, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. I want to encourage you this week, as you live out your walk with God, when you feel that tension come upon you, embrace that tension. Allow that tension to produce in you transformation to the glory of God. Well, friends, I hope you learned something today. I share this in love that you might experience the life of Christ like never before. If you're listening to me today, I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God help you to embrace that tension. I want to pray that God help you to pick up your cross every single day. If you're able, I want to encourage you to lift up your hands toward the monitor, and I'll just pray. I'll pray that God help you to pick up your cross in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for all those watching right now. I pray for all those with their hands lifted up, Father God, that you help them, help them to, to live a crucified life. I pray that you help them to apply the cross of Jesus to their daily life moment by moment, minute by minute. I pray that you help them not to run from the tension, but to embrace the tension, for the tension is going to produce transformation. 
Lord, strengthen them to pick up their cross in every situation they enter to. In, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, friends, God bless you. I hope you learned something today. I'm confident you did, and I, and I pray that you apply it to your life. At this time, we're going to transition to prepare our hearts for our tithe and our offering today. If you're part of Chapel of Change or you just want to give back to God, now is our time to prepare our hearts for our giving uh, unto the Lord. I want to remind you, as I always do, we don't give out of obligation. We give out of gratitude and overflow of God's goodness in our life. We give out of gratitude. And so I want to challenge you to give your best gift unto the Lord. After we dismiss with a blessing, you can go to our webpage. In fact, there's several ways that you can give. We'll put it up on the screen. You can go to our webpage and give at chaplachange.org. Hit the giving button. You can give through text. Or we'll put the number on the screen. You got to text chapel to that number. Uh, and you can give through your phone. You can give uh, in person. Mail it to our Paramount location, 6701 Alondra Boulevard, Paramount, California. Or you can give uh, uh, in person any one of our services. We have Saturday night in Whittier, Sunday 9 a.m. Carson, 9.30 in Paramount, 11.30 in Paramount, and 5 p.m. in the city of Carson. I want to remind you, if you're part of Chapel of Change, on Easter weekend, we're giving our resurrection offering. This is a sacrificial offering where we're giving double of our normal uh, giving. So if you normally give $20, I'm challenging you to give $40. If you normally give $5, I'm challenging you to give $10. We're giving double in honor of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this offering is going to help build up our youth ministry. We're getting teenagers uh, more and more coming to Chapel of Change, and we need to buy curriculum. We, we need to buy ministry tools. We need to empower our directors. So I want to encourage you, uh, make a sacrifice this Easter with that resurrection offering. Now, don't forget, we have a host of Easter worship gatherings coming up this weekend on Easter, uh, starting uh, Good Friday, we have two Good Friday worship services, 645 Paramount, 8 p.m. Carson. Then we have Easter on Saturday. Easter on Saturday in the city of Whittier, 5 p.m. We're going to have an egg hunt also for the kids. And then on Easter Sunday, we're kicking it off with a sunrise service in the city of Paramount at our Paramount location. We're going to worship the Lord early in the morning. We're going to take communion early in the morning, and we're going to release the doves. So I want to encourage you to come to our uh, sunrise service on Easter Sunday. And then, of course, on Easter Sunday, we have all our services, 9 a.m. Carson, 9.30 Paramount, 11.30 Paramount. 5 p.m. Uh, Carson, and we have a giant egg hunt for all the kids. If you haven't downloaded our phone app, go to our webpage, chapelofchange.org. Make sure you download it so that you can stay connected to us. I'm excited about Easter. I hope you're excited. Man, we didn't have Easter last Sunday. In other words, we couldn't gather, I should say, last year for Easter because of the pandemic. So we're making up for it this year, and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to preach the word. I want you to invite somebody, bring somebody to church next weekend for our Easter celebration. Resurrection Sunday, greatest victory ever established. Now, friends, uh, it is our joy to be able to dismiss 
with the blessing. Uh, after we dismiss, you can give your tithe and offerings online at chapelofchange.org. If you're able, lift up your hands unto the Lord, and we will dismiss with a blessing. In the name of the Father, who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, who empowers you to pick up your cross daily. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you next weekend. This is Pastor Brian. We love you.